Police officers know it only takes a few seconds of someone texting and driving for things to go terribly wrong. That's why officers are increasing enforcement of texting and driving laws. So put your phone down when driving or be prepared for the consequences. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 66. I'm here with Kirsty Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast. Hi, Kirsty. Hey. So nice to be back talking to you. It's always so much fun. So much fun. And I cannot wait to get into the neuroses of the ladies of New York with you. Because my <laughs> so much God, neuroses. these women are fantastic. I love how complex they are. Honestly. I am obsessed. And you can really tell, like, Everything they've been through. Oh, my God. I'm in my bed and there's a spider in here with me. That's the most Australian thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Just chilling with this little spider. It's probably going to kill me because Australia. Five years ago and I I couldn't get over that everything in Queensland could kill me. Oh, yeah. And now I've lost it. So if I just – like if I stop talking halfway through or start slurring my words, um, I don't know, like – Call an ambulance. (laughs) Send an call an ambulance to Australia. (laughs) That is so Uh, funny. No, okay. What I love about these women is that they, yeah, after everything they've been through, like we had that clip this this episode of flashing back to all of the horrible things Bethany has called Luann, like calling her a slut of all things in this in this climate, and like I mean, and they just they just really pull together at the end of the day, even Ramona, like she is like, we are all, they're all standing for each other, supporting each other, looking after each other, like scratch Barb, but the rest of them, they're just like, yes, girl power. And they'll have these horrible Horrible fights. Ultimately it's like, it almost to me is like a sisterly relationship. It's like, you know, you fight and you fight and you fight. But you love but each other at the end of the day. The end of the yes, day. And no one else can like love. fight with these other women the way you do. Like no one else oh, can yeah. call them stuff. Only you can. It's it exactly. is very sisterly. It like, is. Yeah, it's like if some like I mean I can I can make fun of my brother all I want, but if somebody else does, um I mean, I want their head. Like yeah. that's not cool. <laughs> Taking names and throwing elbows. So it starts off with um this is the third reunion, so the final of New York, with talking about Luann and how long she stayed in rehab. Now, I Ooh. wanted to get your thoughts on this, because mm-hmm. she this is her second stint in rehab, and she apparently only stayed two weeks. She claims it was three. But do you <laughs> think she's taking her sobriety seriously? Um, in my humble opinion, fuck no (laughs) (laughs) like as a sober person I wanted to hear you know I know the program is different for everyone and everyone's sobriety is very personal and different but she does appear to be in denial 
still. Yeah, I, I, I think it was good that she mentioned that pink cloud um, because that is so – that's what I could see when watching her. I'm like, this is and, – and you do enter this kind of like um, – almost like rose-coloured glasses version of life when you initially become sober. It's like you're high on sobriety. It's really common. Um, and you sort of like, I don't know, for me it was really uncomfortable actually because I would be addicted to opiates for so long. My life was kind of like blurry, like I'd been watching it through, I don't know, like through, through a lens. And then as soon as that was gone, I was like, oh, my God. It was like I compare it to um, like a TV where it's all like grainy and, you know, like you can't really see properly and then watching it in HD and it's just like this clarity and I was so present that it was like like too much, like real life okay. was too real. And um, I kind of see not so much that but that definitely like she's painted this like she had that kind of vision that the world was just like – you're so in awe and it's so beautiful and it's so everything is just like you're so grateful but it's not really you haven't really settled into real life yet because the reason you were drinking in the first place is because you you were struggling with what real life looks like so right. I know there's another step to it when that pink cloud is gone you fall again and you and, think um, like it sounds like she thinks she can get away with just a few drinks yeah. Like she's telling herself it's okay. That's why when she slipped in April and she had the two mimosas and thought that when she used the breathalyzer, it wouldn't catch it because she wasn't like, quote unquote, drunk. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that that's the real problem is that she hasn't sort of committed to that sobriety. Like, like you can see her counting down the days for that next three months when she can come off, you know, the, the program and start drinking again, like off probation, you know. Like, that's what I see in her. She's sort of waiting out the clock um, because they've given her a time frame, which is hard because, you know, with, with sobriety, they say one step at a time, like, you make a choice, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, you're supposed to be sober for the rest of your life. Like, if you're a person who can't drink or can't use this substance or whatever, like, you, you, you really shouldn't touch it again because it's too tempting to let that spiral hit you. Now, I don't know. I don't know what her addictions like um but I but she's definitely like I don't know she's not she's definitely not humble like um Bethany said she has not really hit her rock bottom for me um which is sad and scary because you know running around a field naked and stealing a boat and like manic episodes of six million dollars yeah. Like, to the outside world, it looks like rock bottom. But I, the shit I've done where I'm like, oh, well, hit my rock, woke up the next day thinking, well, that was my rock bottom, never doing that again. Uh, next minute, like, you know, you're in it again. So I get it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think she has a few, a few more, unfortunately, a few more falls until it's going to sink in. Well, I'm wondering, and if I was her, it sounds like she also started seeing a psychiatrist for the first time and that she had a manic yes. episode last time when she was drinking. And so maybe she's thinking, oh, this is actually my mental illness is the problem, not the mm-hmm. alcohol. Is That's, that's yeah. what I see happening in her head. And so I – and maybe, that, maybe that's true for a lot of people. Like once they address the underlying issue, then they can 
reasonably engage in drinking again. I don't know. That's really interesting that you can see that so clearly. I, I think you're really onto something there. Um, I hadn't really considered it myself, but I think now that you've said that, it makes sense. I like I speaking as a person who, you know, has bipolar and has these like manic episodes sometimes like alcohol is a trigger for that mental illness is just chemical imbalance right Mm -hmm. so especially like bipolar you know mania I I don't know what goes on in my brain chemically but I can be feeling good have a single drink and go into full-blown mania and um and once you're in there you just want to keep drinking and you know life's a party but um it's you know the then you have the crash so I I think that I think you're right. I think she's justifying this as like, oh, it's just my mental illness. Once I get my mental illness sorted, um, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Everything's fine. Look, we both know that it's not that easy to to heal mental illness. You can't just get a psychiatrist (laughs) and get on a prescription and you're like, all right, well, life is peachy again. Oh, life is fine. This is never going to be a problem again. Yeah. (laughs) I wish. But I see the wheels turning in her head where when they talked about it being a manic episode, it's Mm. probably a lot easier to say, oh, that was just a manic episode and to separate the drinking from it. But I think the two go hand in hand. For her. Totally. I completely, I completely agree. And she's trying to justify it. And, you know, ultimately the thing with um, bipolar, if that's what she's going through, you know, you can have manic episodes without being bipolar, is that depression most of the time occurs as the primary symptom. Mania is beautiful and and it's like the best feeling in the world, but you might have like depression most of the time and you might have one manic episode in your life, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it's, it's something that you you know, um, alcohol is going to be her crutch if she's depressed. I can, I can hundred percent see that in her. So it's not, um, I don't know. It's not healthy, whatever, whatever her relationship is with alcohol at the moment. It's, it's not sustainable, I guess is what I'm sort of thinking. And I think it, yeah, it's a problem with her children and that relationship. And yeah, ultimately it's just, it's going to be an issue that she has to nurture for the rest of her life. In my opinion, I think a lot of them have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, but it feels such good television that no one really does anything. And if you stay in circles where everyone is doing the exact same thing, then no one calls you out on it. Um, I think like from what I've seen just on the show and then what I've heard, it sounds like Tinsley can't get through anything without wine. Anything. Oh, Tinsley is probably like she's the, the darkest most, character. <laughs> she's the darkest. She's the darkest. So and I've said it. Dark. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I relate to her probably more than any other housewife. She's got love addiction, codependency issues, just an arm armchair diagnose. Um, she's, <laughs> for me, yeah. she is a full blown alcoholic, and she's scarier because nobody really acknowledges it. She obviously hides it. A little, enough. She's quieter. Think, she's a quieter drunk. She's not all over yes. the place. She's not falling. She's not Dorinda that's like right. you can tell or right away. Sonia. Yeah. She's not, not either she's not of them. out there with it. She hides it. And look, we know she drinks and we know that she she drinks probably too much. Oh, that's what they show on the show. But they don't ever show her getting completely out of control like the other women. And like the most out of control we saw her was when she was slurring at Luann. And to be honest, that was still pretty mild compared to the other women. So I think with her, it's scary because she definitely self-medicates like, I don't know, from like from, from behind closed doors, I think more than anything else. And that's when it's a real problem. 
I think so. And also, I don't remember if I heard this on a podcast or on a message board, but someone had sat next to her on a plane in first class and said that she ordered four glasses of wine and the flight was only an hour and a half. Oh, yikes. And and when we, you know, if anyone who's ever drank while flying knows it, like, impacts you even more because of the altitude and yeah. the, the pressure. And so I was just like, and this woman is a very small woman. She's very Tiny. petite. So to drink that much, I mean, I'm not trying to judge entirely, but something is very dark with Tinsley. Yeah. I, I just think, I think she is really sad and it I makes me too. sad. I just, I really just like, I just think she hates herself so much and I just really want to give her a big hug and say it's, it's going to be okay. But you know, of course I don't know that, but I just think like, (laughs) just to make it even darker for her. Sorry, Tim, if you're listening. (laughs) But I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just sadly like so relate to her like I am that girl that falls in love with the guy on the first date and like puts all my hopes and dreams in them it's why I don't date because it makes me so psychotic and I'm like you know tell that like when she was talking to that guy um that we really didn't get the footage and she's like so drunk talking to this guy making out with him and she's like oh my god like so into him gave him her full-blown life story about the children and marriage and all of this stuff. I'm like, yep, like, that's me. I will just blurt my entire life out to this poor soul, you know, like, (laughs) 20-minute period, like, all of the shit that I've been through, all my mental health issues, all of this fucking bullshit, just to, like, see, okay, well, if they stick around, you know, then they really like me. Right. But it's very overwhelming, and, of course, they never stick around because – Who wants to take on that fucking baggage? Like, you're supposed to pretend everything's cool and just eke it out slowly, one little sliver of trauma at a time. (laughs) But I also think she hasn't processed all of her trauma, and that's the issue. If she were to process it, it would totally be something that someone would want to take on with her, I think. I think she's a lovely person. She's lovable. She's she's so lovable, but she's hasn't dealt with everything and I think she's in a place where she can and I hope that we see it um, next season just a bit yeah because I don't want any more of this woe is me I don't have children I want children I want her I to really she even dig- wants children she thing. just wanted to make her mom happy and that's her that's her biggest problem that she's I mean it's going to be so hard for her to unpack because basically She's like her mom's her best friend and also her worst enemy and critic, and it's so ingrained in her. It, it, you know what? I've, I've been recently watching The Act. You know that movie, uh, the TV show with uh, Patricia Arquette. It's a true story about this mom who had Munchausen by proxy oh, and was keeping yes. her daughter sick. And look, oh I'm, God, not saying, so <laughs> I'm not saying Dale is Munchausen, <laughs> but I can see the the that Dale like has a hold over Tinsley in a way that is both like it's just so enmeshed and so codependent and it just it's it's not healthy in order for Tinsley to get well she needs to cut the cord and I don't know if it's going to happen oh but she also is like best friends with her mom so it's hard to do that with your best friend but it is so complicated now, the thing that I didn't think was very complicated in this reunion was Barbara Kay. 
everyone <laughs> seemed to agree on every single opinion about Barb, that she didn't share enough, she didn't reveal herself enough. Even she agreed she was a really yeah. good, I make a good friend of, she friend. said. Like, she yeah. had to process the fact that she was not a good housewife and was not meant to be a housewife. And I don't know, everyone seemed to agree with everything she was saying and... It was just an interesting dynamic to watch all of them reflect on, yes, we were too hard on her and she's really nice and she's just not good for the show. Yeah. Do you think like, first of all, I was upset with Andy for calling her Builder Bob and missing the opportunity of calling her Bob the Builder. I mean, it's just, (laughs) come on. Like it was right there. But I just, do you get that? Bob the Builder? Do you get that in in the States or am I just making a really weird toy, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a like it's a, a I don't Bob the Builder, I don't and he's got like various yeah, construction the builder, hats. Yeah, Bob the Builder. I was like, yeah, come yeah. on, missing an opportunity. But then I just thought maybe that's an Australian thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's an American too. I'm just not not that familiar with my um, construction toys. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, poor Bob. Like I've said it before, I just think she was just she's just too normal and nice and pleasant for this show. It was. It, she would make. She does make a great friend of because she gives us a different um, side of the Luann situation. But yes. yeah, getting her on board in that capacity was too much. Do you think she wanted to? Like, do you think she sort of was just agreeing with the ladies because it makes her look, you know, better? Or do you think she actually would have loved to stay on? No, I think she agreed with the ladies because. Yeah. I think her and Bethany actually became close. I felt that, mm. and when Bethany got up to give her a hug and that all the other women gave her a hug, I felt like she had watched the season, had processed, you know what? I don't have what this takes. I don't want to reveal every yeah. aspect of my life. And I'm not ready to like throw daggers and then recover the way these women do. Like for yeah. her wounds are deeper and she yeah. doesn't throw like – you know, maybe a little shade here and there, but she is like a true friend and says what she yeah. thinks and feels and doesn't have like a malicious bone in her body. Whereas like, you know, <laughs> even Dorinda, just even the designer that she decided to wear to this year's reunion was a dig at Luann. Was it? Tell yeah, me story, so it's a designer that like Luann couldn't get back in, I don't remember oh. how many seasons ago when she was with Carol. And it was just like such a, like a little that. dig, yeah. you know? And I, so shady. it is so shady. And Dorinda is shady. And even Bethany, yeah. you know, we'll get into it in a bit what they all sort of their cringeworthy moments. But hers was when they were at, in Miami at the artist colony and Tinsley had gotten a gift and Bethany didn't get anything. And she said, well, I have my gift. Mm. I have a daughter. Knowing that that's the one thing that Tinsley really wants. And that was yeah. a dig. I mean, even though she didn't mean it in a, that malicious of a way, it still was like such a nasty thing to say. And Barb just doesn't have that in her. I know. I would make such a great housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I just, it's just such gold. Because I feel like I am, I am that nice mix of malicious asshole and vengeful bitch and um and then I've got the crazy of the Tinsleys of the world so you know what's like tag 
Bob out, I'm in next season. That would be fantastic to watch. <laughs> I think he would make incredible television. I don't oh, think I would God. be a particularly good housewife at all. I'd be much well, more of a mediator. Extremely when they single. Don't. Yeah. I'm but definitely... I think most of these women are at the moment, so that's fine. They're so fun. Now, I still couldn't tell if Luann, watching the season back, truly absorbed how no. self-absorbed she was. No, she doesn't get it. Like, she, like, was it, I think it was, I was talking to you when you were on my show about a couple weeks ago, that she almost looks like she's rehearsed her, her humility and, yes. um, and like, sim- like, uh, like grief about the situation. She's like, like she was like clutching at her pearls, being like, "I feel so bad," but it is fake as fuck. Like there is no penetrating that woman. She is steel. <laughs> like you cannot. That's she why, is. like Bethany was right. She's like, you can't go soft with Lou. It won't hit her. You have to go hard or go home. And I love that Bethany was like, "Look, she's a strong woman. She can take it. It's all good." Because it's true. Lou it will not Lou hear is... you if you mm-hmm. don't scream it in her face and make her feel it. But even still, watching it back, she had no idea. Like, she she didn't feel a thing. That's why all those ladies were just like, wait, what the fuck? When, um, was it the singing thing or was it other, when they were showing, um, oh, they were how showing she'd been acting? The comment that Barb made about her not being Adele and that she can't carry oh, a yeah. show because she can't carry a tune. And, and Lou's just like, She Whoa. was so offended. And, you know, and the ladies are like, you got to give Barb a hall pass. She's been ride yeah. or die for you. Barb it's is totally. a true friend. And this is like, wouldn't you say she has too much self-tanner on right now? Like, it's a shady thing. Yeah. It's not malicious. Exactly. It doesn't mean you don't I, think I, highly of her as a person. But Lou will just, as soon as anyone does it, like crosses her or doesn't fully believe in her and put all of their life basically into supporting her cabaret career, they are a bad friend. It's like, like it's ridiculous. And, and this is what I think I was trying to remember is that um, it was when um, she was like, well, the ladies are still jealous. Like after watching all of that, all of the flashbacks. I can't like, imagine well, what be else jealousy. it would be. You know, even that... Andy's like, are you, "What? What? Are you sure?" Like, well, and even the <laughs> fact when they're having this like very serious moment talking about um, Bethany and Ramona's shared trauma of their oh, childhood abuse, <gasps> and Luann interrupts and asks Andy what time it is, and he just oh looks God. at her in such shock. He's like, we're having a, a serious, serious conversation yeah. here. And she's like, I know, so but I need to, I need to, my breathalyzer, I need to do, I was supposed to do it at seven. You know, then ask a producer to have yeah. a break. Like, don't interrupt. She's just so focused on herself. And it's such a compulsion yeah. that she yeah, has. Yeah, and that, that kind of thing, like, to me, that was, oh, we're talking about something serious and it doesn't involve me. I'm bored. Let's turn it around and bring it back to me. Like, I know she tried to do it kind of, she tried to pretend that it was subtle and under her breath, but you know what you're doing. If you're interrupting, like wait for a pause in the conversation, you know what you're doing now. They can't cut that to make it useful. So, you know, she's fucked up whatever they they could have used in that scene. She knows that she's been doing this show for 10 years. You know, it's like, 
just so so self-absorbed and so unaware of anyone else's um lives and that's I think what the girls were trying to say when mm-hmm. she was like but they're just jealous She's like no it's like do you, you know, just like yeah we're Sonia's daughters going to college that was really oh, telling you yeah. know that she hadn't had enough conversations with her friends about their lives and their family's lives but mm-hmm. the thing that's so confusing to me about Luann is that some criticisms she hears loud and clear and she focuses on and they are unnecessary, such as the fact that she can't sing that well. But <laughs> other criticisms you have to bang her over the head with. And that's, yeah. that's what's so confusing to me because I'm the opposite. If you're going to criticize me, I ask you to do it with a compliment sandwich or some yeah. people call it a shit sandwich because <laughs> the shit's in the middle. Yeah. But, like, you say, wow, Mandy, I really appreciate your enthusiasm. However, and then that's the only thing that I will hear. I will not hear the two compliments. But if you don't have the compliments, it cuts so hard. And I so obsess over the criticism. And it's not, Uh, like, like a great thing about me. I wish I had a harder shell. And I've gotten better. But... But still, like, you know, I focus on the criticism. I hear it. I hear, like, even the littlest change in someone's voice. She (gasps) can't hear anything. They're telling her you are only (laughs) focused on yourself and you haven't even asked about Dennis. And Bethany's boyfriend freaking died of an overdose. Yeah, exactly. You can't even have compassion. I so know what you mean, like the change in the voice. My brother sent me a text message the other day. I must have asked him a question. And he replied, okay, like spelt out fully, okay, A-Y, like who does that anyway, psychotic, (laughs) with a full stop at the end. I was like, are you okay? You mad at me? Like, what have I done? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you spell okay differently than they mean it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, I wish someone a happy birthday yesterday and said, you know, I hope you have a really wonderful year ahead. And he just responded, okay, thanks. And, like, he probably (laughs) really meant, like, awesome, thank you. Like, it was the end of a long day. And, like, he probably replied to, like, 15 different messages. Right. (laughs) But, like, I was like, oh, guess he's, like. But also, he definitely hates you're not friends with that person. Right. Like, I spent 10 minutes being like, is something wrong? Did, oh I, say, did I say the wrong thing? Like, yeah, you know, and I would obsess about that. For the rest right? Of my life. Uh, but what I love about these women is that they don't obsess over it. The only one who does is Barb, and that's why she's not good for the show. Yeah, it's because she's true. too much of a normal human being. Yeah. In order You've to be, be able to move on and move quickly with right. these women. In order to be a good housewife, you have to have a sliver of narcissism. Now, Luann takes it to another level. That's the thing. She is more narcissistic than even Ramona, which Ramona can tell. Than anyone I've ever seen on TV. To be honest, even Ramona and Ramona is like an incredible narcissist. She has to teach herself what empathy is to pretend like she cares. (laughs) Like, and she even knows, like, oh. When I upset someone, now I apologize because that's okay. what humans do. Is that narcissism or so, like is that being a sociopath? Like so, I'm a genuine question. I actually don't think it's sociopath as much as it might be. Someone's going to come after me for saying this, but like somewhere <laughs> on the spectrum, like autism oh, spectrum. Yeah, that makes sense because you know, she's just not registering yes, the other person's how she, they're feeling and reacting exactly. Like she cannot anticipate 
what someone's reaction will be to a very inflammatory statement. She seems genuinely shocked anytime she upsets someone (laughs) and then immediately goes back to like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know she'd get upset. You know, and it's, and it's to me, yes, she can be mean, but I don't know if she means to be mean necessarily. I think that's the thing that they've figured out. I think that's why, like, at the start, Bethany would get so angry with her. And now she right. just laughs because cause you just have to, with Ramona, you have to expect it. And you you can't attach too much to it because she just isn't a regular person. <laughs> you know, and, and, and not to say that there's anything wrong with, like, being, like, the autism spectrum disorder. A lot of people. Oh, of course not. And especially, no. like, the younger you're diagnosed, people, like, are taught how to empathize right and they but it's yeah. it's a different and how to interpret social interactions and social cues but yeah. it's clear that like there's something off with Ramona that she cannot interpret certain social cues at all mm. and I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's like a sociopath thing but that's just whereas me. with Luann it's like she is she, she's a full yeah with, um, with Sonia it seems more like she actually can't register it because because there's something else going on whereas with Luann it's like she can't see what other people are going through or how they're expressing themselves because she's always just looking at herself um as the person on the main stage she's a perpetual victim yeah exactly it's a it's a completely different kind of narcissistic trait I guess I don't know it's all very these women are just so very complex And the thing that really gave away, I think, Luann's narcissism was when Barbara said, I always feel like you're ready to ruin a friendship over something like this, like something very small. And that really stuck with me because, like, I have been friends with a narcissist before and Mm. I didn't realize, but I was walking on eggshells always trying to make sure and always like over complimenting and bending over backwards all the time because I knew that if I slipped they would end the friendship and I I think in the back of my mind I knew that and it's just really crazy to hear someone vocalize that because a true narcissist doesn't really need friends they need people to fawn validation validation and that's not what a friend does a friend only can validate so much but also gives you truth and there is like a two-way like it goes both ways and that a narcissist can't handle that like she can take support from bethany but she can't give support to bethany totally that is so fascinating Wow. Yeah. I feel like the two of us just like are sitting with the DSM-5 going through like all of these women's neuroses. And it's literally, I feel like I'm going to get obliterated for this podcast and armchair Sorry. diagnosing. Glad it's you, not me. <laughs> just like. Don't send me the bad feedback. I won't be able to handle it. I know. Like, if you have bad feedback about this podcast, if you could just put it in the compliment sandwich Sandwich, I would very much appreciate just write it in a letter put it in a drawer and in the morning see if you still want to send it (laughs) but I do love the show and I love these women and I love that they like live their truth and they live out loud and they say what they're thinking and they're not worried and part of it is like being somewhat of a narcissist and that's not a bad thing to have like 
a bit of narcissism. It's not. I mean, look, all of these other women are completely narcissistic. Yes. Just you know, anything to the extreme is is dangerous, yes. and that's the that's Luann. But at the same time, like if you look at any you know head of state or American president. Mm. They're all narcissists. You can't oh, get totally. any am- really good athlete or actor. You can't get to where you want to be without thinking you're the best. You have to have exactly. that mentality. And it's not always a bad thing. So I feel like I don't want to make it seem. It's just when it goes overboard. Okay, you know so, what? You know what you're I mean? You're not going to be able to backtrack now. I know. I <laughs> It's done. <laughs> okay, you're just being a Bethany and calling me on my shit. <laughs> I'm just enjoying bitching about narcissists when I myself have a very strong narcissistic traits. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. I'm like, I constantly need validation. Like, that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we move on to Beverly Hills, I have to get your thoughts on Luann using the AA serenity prayer to cheers the non-alcoholic drinks that they had. I laughed. I actually gasped. I was like, (laughs) She's like, I know a really, really good cheers. It just made me, like, flashed me back so hard to my stint in The Hab, which is what a heroin addict told me you're supposed to call rehab because it's cool. (laughs) And... (laughs) And I was like, oh, cool. Now I can't not say it. Like, it's just it's just in my brain. It's in my brain hole. Yeah, I was just like, okay, we used to stand in these little groups, like in a circle at the end of a, a small meeting that we would have in the hab and basically do what they did. We would all hold hands. We didn't have a drink in hand for obvious reasons. Quote the serenity prayer. And then at the end, we would go, go team orange and I was just like this is so embarrassing (laughs) but hey look at I mean you've been sober for many years now no I look I'm not I'm not I'm I'm sober from well I'm clean from my um addiction of choice which was opiates but I do I do drink and I want to be clear about that I'm not like I haven't fully resolved my issues I'm but I don't drink to excess I'll drink you know a glass of champagne at a celebration but well, yeah, I'm not yay, completely team orange. sober. Yay, Team Orange. Right? But look, the opiates, that was my addiction of choice. They were ruining my life, and I haven't done one since like two and a half years, which is when I went to rehab. So yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome. I think it's pretty awesome. Thanks. But I did think the serenity prayer was, look, I don't know, because for me, look, it was written on the wall painted on the wall in my hab and we had to sort of look at it every day say it every day like six times so for me it was very triggering to hear <laughs> I'm like oh, I actually I didn't even need that yeah I need some shit right now no not in a bad way it was just like very I just found it very strange very strange and I obviously Andy it. did too like I love the <laughs> serenity prayer I try like I always look it up every once in a while because so much of you know living in these times that we live in and in Mm. the country that I live in, going through the political situation we're going in, you realize I'm doing as much as I can or as much I'm trying to change things, right? But seeing what's going on with these children at the border and I feel like it's like, okay, you have to also let go and you feel helpless. Yeah. I can't change that thing now. Like and, that, and if you, you know hold I mean? on to that constantly, it'll ruin you as well. It does. You know? so, yeah. And do, I can think, I, do you want me to yeah. do the, the prayer to seal off New York? Yes. Yes, please do it because <clears> I don't know it by heart. 
<laughs> and then wait, and then we'll, we'll end with go team more we'll, together. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, hold hands if you're listening okay. to this in a group. <laughs> God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Go, go team, team, team Orange. orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, oh my God. God. I feel so like. Funny. Now we're ready with that cheering and chanting to do Teddy's boot camp. Oh, <laughs> which can, you know, help us de- develop further, you know, eating situation, eating problems. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, because I haven't had enough for eating disorders in my time. Let's get right. I, I love free- fat Teddy. And I say fat like I'm just being an absolute bitch. She wasn't fat at all. She was just gorgeous. But I want to freaking party with that bitch. This teddy right. is anxious and scared and, you and know, hungry. like scared of a freaking – That's the one w- thing she one said when she was drunk in France. She was like, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. She's hungry. I was like, like that. no truer words have ever been spoken. Ever, let a girl eat and Kyle like slapping the chip out of her hand. Like, right? You don't need to do this. Like let the girl eat a goddamn chip. <laughs> That was... No wonder she's shit-faced. Like, she hasn't eaten anything in, I don't know, five years or whenever she started. Right? It's so... It's also, like, the polar opposite, I feel like, of New York. Where, as in New York, they... they Nothing is off-limits. They talk yeah. about addiction. They talk about child abuse, right? Yeah. And in Beverly Hills, they won't even gloss over major lawsuits yeah. Like, and the the reason that Kyle gives and that she's, that's like the line that they're all towing is, well, if it's not in relation to the group of us as friends, then we don't bring it up. Yeah. Oh, what please. was that? Please. That is bullshit. That's what that is. This is about yeah. your life. Your life involves your husband. Your life involves how your husband gets his money. And that is where the lawsuit comes into play. Now, Will it make you look bad? Yes. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. Maybe the way the different articles are phrased are much worse, you know? And for example, with Dorit, when she said, oh, Beverly Beach, like that legal situation is in mediation. It's not a criminal complaint or anything like that. Okay, fine. But I would rather see that. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what's really going on. Anything. Anything in their lives. Instead of this rehearsed, okay, we're going to talk about the dog. Then we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. everyone having anorexia or not having anorexia. Then we're going to talk about, you know, it's like that was like an okayed storyline, right? Exactly. It's so choreographed. Where, it like, is. I think that's what people really feel the difference. And look, I, I love both of these shows and I like watching Beverly Hills and New York at the same time because it is like such, such different worlds and it is like reality and complete fiction. And it's just like, it's so interesting to watch um, this glossed over the facade of Beverly Hills, um, which, which just is... I don't know. It's just like the even the colors seem brighter in Beverly Hills, and I just think it's just such a it's just such a facade. It and they is. choreograph every little step. And thank God for Camille 
for coming out and at least trying to get a story out of any of these women. I mean, like, I, it's it's just, yeah, it was it really like nothing happened this entire season and yet so much happened under the surface that we really have these half stories of every single woman. <sighs> the, it's just absurd. And given that Beverly Hills is supposed to be, you know, aspirational living and it's all mm. about the money, I thought Camille made a really good point of – well, we don't really know where she doesn't where Dorit gets her money. Yes, she gets mm. it from her husband, but how does he get his money? And why has he had filed for bankruptcy before? And how does he have millions and lose millions and get millions again? Like that is a crazy situation. That's like financial bipolar dodgy. disorder. <laughs> like yeah, how do yeah, you go exactly. from such extremes and that not be indicative of something darker and deeper such as using people for money and when she said now, look, i can't stand a phony like i get it mm, dorit looked different before she spoke different before i mean why would she just admit to having a nose job like her nose is complete like half the size you know it's completely different like I know you can do a lot with fillers and 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 Botox these days and change your face in that way, but Botox she's doesn't change. One hundred percent had a freaking nose job. I mean, come on. And even if she like didn't, and it's all contouring and like losing weight, fine. But the thing that's so shocking about her is more like is her voice. Is it different? That, yeah, how her she has that accent. And it changes, yeah, right. and it, she didn't grow up talking like that. Her <laughs> parents are Israeli. Why doesn't she have something more like that? Or she grew up in Connecticut. So Why doesn't she yeah, speak like right. someone from Connecticut? You know, instead, she developed this sort of British-esque but accent. I wonder mm-hmm. if her parents, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just, I don't know. I'm defensive of the accent because I definitely have picked up on different accents from my parents, Canadian and British as they were, and so I know that certain words, I just, like, for example, water, I have no idea how to say water, because Australians say water, and my mum would say water, with that, like, really rolled R, right. mm-hmm. and I don't know, my dad might be, water, because <laughs> 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 British. No. My dad's Russian, and I didn't pick up any of his accent, so... <laughs> Yeah, okay, so it's not, I don't don't really know, but it just seems bizarre. Everything about her seems a bit bizarre. I do like Dorit a lot, actually. She seems like a nice person. She seems like a lot of fun, but there, I feel like there's stuff in her past that we are not digging into, and there's stuff from Mm. PK's past in particular. Now, my favorite part about this reunion was the shade that the producers and Andy were giving to LVP for not showing up. Because every, you know, maybe 15 minutes, they would go into a situation and they would talk about, okay, well, this is what LVP said in season two. And it would be the exact opposite of what she's saying now. And I just thought that was hilarious. Like with John Blizzard talking crap about Dorit and them saying, well, maybe he should have been fired. And mm-hmm. going back to season two and LVP saying that Adrian's chef should have been fired for speaking poorly about her. And it's just, and they all were like, he knows too much. 
It's just yeah, and funny. I, I completely agreed with all of the women there. Like they, I, I that's what I thought when I watched it. I'm like, this guy is twenty if a day. You know, he can't be that. Like, why is why aren't, isn't she just firing him on Vanderpump? She's firing people left, right, and center. You know, and I just thought, okay, so they, this is like some kind of mob boss thing here. She can't fire him. She really can't. Because you know, like I think it was Kyle that said, because whatever he is, whatever he did, he was told to do. So you know, he and how embarrassing that he has to get pulled up on the show and get ripped into in again a really orchestrated, choreographed kind of argument between the two, where she just accepts his apology like right away, like well, you know, slap on the wrist, you know. If that was anyone else, if that was real, that was there would be no way they would get away with that. Totally. That's the moment I was sort of like, okay, I'm not buying it. Like she's involved in this somehow. The whole thing is just bizarre. And the thing again that bothers me about Beverly Hills is that the best drama happens off camera. So even yeah. like this week when it was Ken's birthday, he took to Twitter to issue <laughs> like this like crazy rant slash defense of his wife. And just went off about all of the other women's legal issues. And then Kyle comes in and finally explains herself. I mean, I don't agree with it. And then she shades Ken. You know, it's only housewives are allowed to hold a diamond. It's like, Mm. come on, do this on camera. Show us your anger, your real emotions. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's that um, they just sort of feel they need to dress up their their image and it they don't understand that it's actually detrimental to the show it's doing them a disservice people are bored you know they're just honestly bored but i mean we do still watch right oh like, i would never <laughs> give up on it <laughs> you know and the it's, end i i watch through the good and the bad and i i believe some good will come up eventually but they have to really shake it up and they can't really have this whole queen situation where mm. Kyle's now the queen, where she gets I to mean, determine the storylines. Kyle's like, the queen? Please. please. Like, it's, they've all decided she's the queen because she's not a threat. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's not like, it was like my mom became the president of this organization because they called her and were like, so everyone else is fighting and we think you'd be the least controversial person. <laughs> right? And she knew going yeah. in. She's like, the only reason they're making me president is because no one hates me as much as they hate somebody else. Yeah. But no one loves me that much either. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so I don't it's know. Just, I mean, I, it's I, so I, funny. I, in saying people like have been bored this season, I actually like the contrast because – Watching Roni, I can I often feel like, okay, I need to like take a beat and calm down. That was a lot after an episode. But with Beverly Hills, I just it it's like taking a Xanax. It just like chills me out. Because I feel like I don't have to like get emotionally invested. <laughs> I just get to watch pretty people like everything's sip tea. a little muted. Yeah, it's a, it's just it calms me down, and I'm okay with that level of intensity. I mean, the reunions so far have been the most interesting episodes to date of the season, and that's that's saying a lot, <laughs> right? And I love watching Camille, but I did feel bad for for her in a way because she's like but... bringing it. And everyone else is ganging up on her. And she's probably like, I'm the only one making this thing interesting. She, the thing that is hard is I don't like when she goes after Denise. 
It's so weird. It's weird. I think she is jealous of Denise's level of chill and how Denise had an even more public breakup than her and Kelsey Grammer had Mm. and that she managed to not let it define her and the rest of her life. Yeah, exactly. And Camille. And you can see like Camille's like eye twitching whenever Denise talks because she's so calm, cool, calm and collected. And Camille's just like, like wants, wants to see Denise snap. But the more that Camille pokes, the more Denise is like, girl, you just got to chill. Like take, maybe you should take a minute because this isn't good. You know, like it's. Yeah. And there's. Nothing that pisses her off more. I yeah. I think Camille dropped a couple truth bombs that were pretty shocking. One was that she thinks that the reason LVP really didn't show up was because Denise hooked up with Brandy. They, like, talked. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Right? Because maybe going into the reunion, she thought Denise would be on her side. Or at least yeah. sort of be able to see her side. And after watching, it became clear that Denise really doesn't care. I don't Denise think is just, she didn't Denise care. She's just a chill girl. She's, like, she's just, just chill. She's, she's not, not gonna getting fight. involved in other people's right. fights. You know, she'll fight her own battles. Like she'll go up against Camille if Camille's being rude to her and like making up bullshit comments, like twisting Denise's words about um, cussing her children out and stuff like that. She'll stand up for herself, but she doesn't want to get involved. You know, she's not getting involved in the other women's bullshit that happened before she was even on the scene, which I think is really smart. It is, um, but obviously LVP just wanted another cheerleader, and that's she not what did. Denise was going to be. Exactly, and maybe she's maybe LVP got pissed at producers. Like you weren't supposed to bring yeah. Brandy back. You brought her back. You made her part of a storyline, and she, you know, I banished yeah. her and. so ridiculous um and then the other part was camille saying that the only reason the ladies came to her wedding was because production made her oh my god and andy andy didn't like that he didn't he said you have power over yourself he said it twice like yeah well yeah i mean look i i I thought the girls were hard on andy what if kyle said something that was i wrote it down i know exactly what you're talking about yeah get it because i thought i wrote it down but i can't find it it was about the lawsuits and andy said so you don't ask about each other about them and kyle said no and andy goes i would and kyle goes (laughs) but look at what you do for a living yeah, and then she laughed at the end to try and huh. make it sound like a like joke. Like it was a joke, but it was, but it was a so dick. fucking bitchy. I mean, I was just waiting for him to turn around and be like, pardon? Like, what the fuck did you just say to me? But he just, I guess he just had, you know, bigger fish to fry that day. But I was just, that is so rude. As if you're not asking your friend, like, how they're doing. That's all he was saying. But they have a certain way of asking. Even Camille mm. agreed. Like, will you ask, how are you doing? How's it going? Is everything all right? But you don't actually <laughs> ask about yeah. the thing that everyone's yeah. talking about. Oh, uh, my God. These what a mess. little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, come on. Let's get this over with. And now you have not caught up on Potomac, right? No. 
Well, I let know. me tell I'm so you bad. just I a little bit. I think I told bit. you last time I was going to, and I'm just being so slack with it. It's so good. I, I, I have to so get back into good. it because I've told almost everyone I've spoken to lately that I'm going to because whenever they recap it to me, it sounds amazing. But I just, oh, getting myself into, it's the young women. I, I can't deal with these young, these, no, I get these what young you're saying, girls. But there's yeah. a lot of interesting dynamics between like people's past trauma and their current lives and how they impacts them so you've got Candace who is quite young and her mom who's a therapist but who's extremely Mm. emotionally abusive and even did her mom with a purse crazy and almost did what and also did what sorry she hit her with a purse she smacked her on the show no they didn't catch it on on camera her mom is awful like I mean I have watched the first three seasons is this season four or three this is season four yeah I have watched the first three but I haven't really watched much of this season but so I know I know the players um but yeah I mean her mom is a terrifying woman she is and then Ashley this episode unpacks a lot of stuff with her father walking out when she was one and then she tried oh. to contact him on Facebook, and he blocked her. <gasps> oh. And she said, I don't want anything from you. I just, like, all she's looking for is acknowledgement that I actually just felt chills throughout my whole body. That it was is so, so sad. sad. And so you see, like, she's trying to have this baby with Michael. She's oh. trying to create something to love her unconditionally, right? Yeah. Like, she's thinking of it that way. And then with Michael, he's almost like a father character, too, He's so much older, and she acknowledges that a bit in therapy. And it's just, but then he's got this situation that everyone sees. He makes inappropriate comments about other men, and he has been accused of grabbing other men's butts. This isn't the first time. This is the first time that it became sort of maybe a legal issue. Okay. So... Giselle is so funny. She's like, everyone's asking about you and Michael. And, you know, are you okay with butt squeezing? And I <gasps> thought that that was what, what happened. Like, you know, that's why there's a court date. And you can see Ashley is just so frustrated that Giselle is bringing this up and talking about it mm. in this way. And, um, you know, Giselle even said, but he's done that in the past, right? Like, with his friend as a joke? Like, is it a joke? And it's just, you see Ashley just struggling, but she is living in denial because she is so dead set on being with this guy and having a baby that she's not seeing the writing on the wall. I wish she had left. Yeah. She should have left years ago. Like, my heart sank when we found out she was pregnant. I think it came out on social media before Mm -hmm. the show started. And because all I want is for her to leave him and... As soon as there's a baby, things get ten times harder, you know. And, but she just desperately, desperately wanted a baby, and I don't think she cared about who the man was. Um, he's basically a sperm donor that she's trying to love, and he's not really working as hard as her because maybe he is confused about his sexuality. Like who knows? It's it's a mess. And and the crazy part is we find out that this whole incident where Michael allegedly grabbed a cameraman's butt happened in Mm. Monique's basement at her rainbow party, which was the party that she was holding 
for herself being pregnant after having had a miscarriage. They call it a rainbow baby, apparently. And she wanted to celebrate the fact that she was pregnant again, but acknowledge the loss that they had had. And she invited other people to talk about their losing their pregnancies and kind of make it not such a taboo subject. Um, Okay. And it was was done really beautifully. They, like, released doves. Um, Everyone kind of came together. And they were genuinely, like, she seemed very at peace. She um, reconciled with her mother-in-law. And Ashley tells a story of her and Michael. And at one point, they couldn't find Michael. And now there's this thing that he's in Monique's basement where apparently there weren't cameras because the police did look if they had cameras in the basement and they didn't, like security footage. Mm. And that's when he did the grabbing, allegedly. So So I don't really know. I have a really, like, ignorant question. Mm -hmm. Is it it really illegal to squeeze someone's butt? Um, Because, like, why haven't women been suing men for hundreds of years? Right, (laughs) so this isn't a lawsuit. It was a criminal complaint. So oh, it, I see. Okay. So, so it's on your record, basically. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And it, I guess there's various levels of sexual assault. <clears throat> I don't yeah. know where this falls, but I think the whole TMZ article about him potentially going to prison for three to 11 years, I don't think that's accurate. For like men have gotten less for rape. Like that would be. Right. I mean, I'm not <laughs> like, condoning like butt squeezing when it's not wanted, but I just right. mean it's kind of. You know, in in this yeah. in this Me Too, Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> you know, patriarchal climate, <laughs> I have I have things to say that we're listening to a man a man's story when women have been literally screaming this from the rooftops for a like a, you know, a very 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 long time. <laughs> I feel like more must have happened mm-hmm. in order for the police to pursue it. I kind of agree with you. And I especially, just, I think this yes. is the one thing they could maybe maybe prove or, you know, they had, wasn't as wishy-washy. It, it was but, dropped. <clears throat> but I yeah, bet that okay. they decided to settle out of court because yeah. of, I don't know what. I mean, I'm sure Michael has an incentive not to have anything come out. And Bravo probably, who knows. But yeah. I don't even know that the person who was assaulted was the one that, like maybe that maybe he mentioned it to his supervisor and then that person was like yeah That's someone assault. else could have pursued it yeah yeah and I feel like there had to have been some evidence right because there were other people there were I don't know but the whole thing is very uncomfortable and it would be different if there was no history of anything with Michael ever mm. um, it would still be wrong but you could see okay maybe who knows? He was mucking around as playful or something. Yeah, like, maybe it was some sort of... <laughs> I'm just, like, flashing back to all of the people's butts I've grabbed, like, in in jest throughout my life. Like, wah, wah. Like, yeah, don't come so to the United weird. States. You'll get thrown in jail for that. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe I need to watch myself a little bit more. I'm it's, part of the problem, yeah. you guys. I just... I feel like some... I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of what happened there. At all. Yeah. Because once you settle out well, of court. Well, now that it's settled, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that it's settled out, out of the public eye, like, it just, I mean, they're probably just all going to maintain their silence about it. Like, I can't see um, Ashley's husband coming out and talking openly about it. Like, why? It wouldn't benefit him at all. So, But I wonder <sighs> how 
like long he like is he going to be still be on bravo are they going to have like their own personnel situation with whether or not he's allowed to be on on tv or not you know yeah like they've reprimanded has he been in this, other people last few um he hasn't been in the last few episodes but i think okay. in next week he's going to be there and okay. but bravo has taken action against i think candy's husband said something negative about the show and they're like you can't be on this many episodes because you said something negative about the franchise right so like (laughs) this guy harassed your camera people but at the same time we it always goes back to nini actually assaulted and there is proof of assault on a cameraman who literally was put in the hospital and like had his teeth knocked out and had a concussion right and you see it happening and nothing was done to her she's still making tons of money she's still on real housewives of atlanta and i hear this season she's pretty much warring with everyone well, I mean, she basically was last season. You know, it, it was tough. I really struggled to watch last season. Um, I didn't cover it on my show because it, I just found it, like, I found all the, the Greg stuff really difficult and a bit too close to home for me. And I don't know, a lot of it I just found, like, Portia was the shining light, but everything else I just felt, oh, it's so heavy. And Nini was just so hard to watch. And she I don't know, was. I used to find she was. Atlanta's actually, meant to be, like, the most fun, positive one, and I, right. I struggled through it last season. I actually would say that she is a bigger narcissist than Luann. Mm, yeah, you might be onto something there. I had to toss it up. I think it's a different style, but totally she is a Totally different style, yeah. but the problems are the same. And she's willing yeah. to, like, end any friendship at any moment. Yeah, totally. <laughs> for drama. Like, for just because they didn't fully support her in the way she needed to be supported. I think she gets away with it more than Luann because she's funny. She's funny and, and she's, she's wittier. And she's, and she, she's yeah, smart. she's snarky. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Luann doesn't have that to kind of sustain her, her charm in a way. Oh, man. Yeah. I think you might be right. Who knows? Well, thank you so much for joining this week. Everybody oh my loves gosh. when you're on the pod. So oh, that's tell nice. me it's always where... so much fun where people can find your podcast and where they can find you. Okay. Well, here's my little spiel. Um, you can listen to my podcast. It's called reality TV and me, um, find it, I guess, anywhere you listen to podcasts, but I, the most, um, iTunes is probably the best place to go. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google play, all of that business and follow me on Instagram at reality TV and me, um, for, you know, upcoming new episodes. I'm about to change the release day because I get the episodes a bit later in Australia. So um, best to subscribe just because I haven't settled on a day yet. I'm still trying to work out the nuts and bolts. It probably is going to be about a Wednesday, but best to subscribe just in case. And also it makes me feel better if you subscribe. Um, And yeah, if you were interested in just my, you know, dazzling personality, you can follow my personal thing, my personal page on Instagram um, at Kirsten Moore underscore music. And there has links to my writing, which is I do writing for about mental illness and stuff with addiction, things we've covered a little bit today um, at gutterglitter.blog. But the links on there, everything that 
the music that I make and everything is all linked on on that personal Instagram. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. And I'll link it all on the podcast as well. Awesome. Thanks. Oh my Thank gosh, I just so love much. talking to you. It's this always is so fun. So fun. You're just such a joy. And oh, I love that we can talk about <laughs> the darkest things and still yeah. have a good laugh because yeah. for I, I mean, me there's got, nothing too dark some... that you can't make into some sort of a joke. Right. I think that's how I think that's why we get along. <laughs> we just have these these <laughs> like, dark senses of humor because that's our coping mechanism with our, our lifelong trauma. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. So you, the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.